the analogy is similar to a to a skateboarder. You know, to a skateboarder, skateboarding is part of them, and they're part of skateboarding. And and I think for me, that's the same with my faith. You know, it's part of me. It's it's who I am. It, it defines me. Hi, yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Christian Sport Podcast. Hope you're enjoying the Olympics as much as we are. We continue our Olympic series today. Um, on the same day that Sky Brown has become Great Britain's youngest Olympic medalist with bronze in park skateboarding. So what have we done? We've spoken a few days ago to the first CEO of Skateboard GB, James Hope Gill, uh, about the challenges of setting up a governing body from scratch uh, for a sport with a very different culture to many others, uh, what it's looked like to support such young athletes, and how for him his Christian faith has impacted his day-to-day work as a CEO. It's fascinating, particularly if you've not been involved much in the world uh, of a sport like skateboarding. It's really, really interesting. Um, so really hope you enjoyed this interview now with Graham Daniels chatting to James Hope Gill. Enjoy. So uh, here's the thing. James Hope Gill uh, takes a pretty dramatic change of position. He's worked for the Football Association and been chief executive of Sheffield and Hallamshire County FA. He did 20 years at the FA. And then he's asked to set up Skateboard England in 2015. And then... The Olympics announce uh, that skateboarding is going to be at Tokyo and Paris, at least. So now he's charged with becoming CEO of Skateboard GB, putting the whole thing in motion. James, seriously, this is a pretty big shift uh, from football culture to skateboarding culture, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I learned very, very quickly that um, skateboarding is more than a sport. Um, skateboarding is um, it's it's part of the person um, and their persona and who they are and and the principal aim of skateboarding isn't to beat somebody um, the the principal aim of skateboarding is to do and to get better and to express yourself and in community so so again it's not about beating the person that that you're maybe skating with um, it's it's to grow with them and um, an experience with them and get better in skateboarding together. So very, very different from, from football. And, um, and, and I think it grew like that because initially it was an activity that people did in California. The surfers started um, sort of surfing on the streets, if you like. Um, and it became more of a marketing tool than a sport. So because of the fantastic imagery you could get either on video or stills, some of the brands saw that and then aligned themselves with, with skateboarding to sell product, I guess, use the images to sell product. And so it's, it's developed as something that um, you do as yourself with people, not to beat somebody. Um, obviously, the Olympics coming in um, is changing that ever so slightly um, because there has, been, there has been competition for the last sort of 20, 30 years. So you've got the X Games, Dutor, Vans Pro Series, SLS, so, so there is a very established competition structure, um, but you've competed by invite and you compete for yourself or your sponsor. So it's the Olympics has suddenly created this scenario of actually competing for your country, which is a very, very new scenario. So even, even looking at our guys and, and going through the Olympic qualifiers, the Olympics will be the first time that the skaters actually wear a national kit so even the world, the world Championships a month ago and the qualifiers that we've just had, they would wear their own gear. So this is, this is very, very different. Fair. How 
you speak eloquently, of course, and you describe it very well, but the subtle subtleties, the nuances of such a dramatically different subculture. Yeah. Uh, when you have to go in and try and set up even some kind of an organization around this at the beginning, 2015, then 2016, what were the pitfalls or challenges, maybe even mistakes that you made in trying to engage with it? Yeah, sure. I think I think the big mistake is not being able to speak to everyone <laughs> and take everybody's um, position into account um, because it's a community and people feel very, very engaged within the community and, and because skateboarding is part of your persona, um, somebody coming in and going, right, we're going to do X, Y, Z affects you personally. So we found that certainly with COVID, with when skate parks were closed, there was a real anger and backlash because people are effectively being told you can't be who you are because we're closing down these facilities. Um, but I think I think the thing to remember is I was asked to come and, and do this. And um, and so there was a there was a real need opinion within the community that an organization was needed to be there to look out for skateboarding, to protect skateboarding, if you like. Um, and to, to, to make sure that as the direction of skateboarding um, sort of flows within the UK, there's someone there or an organisation there that's, that's sort of making sure it's going in the right direction and, and making sure that it's skater-led. Um, but very, yeah, I mean, you, you talk to skaters and, and back then spoke to skaters and they go, no, no, we don't want a governing body, we don't want a governing body. What we want is an organisation that does X, Y, Z. And then that, to me, translated into a governing body, which then meant that it was a case of saying, right, how do we create an organisation to, to the community and to the skateboarders looks like that organisation and is that organisation, but also at the same time looks like a governing body from a UK sports, Sport England government point of view? Because if you're a governing body, there's certain sort of statutory things that you have to do and uh, around governance and finance, especially if you're receiving um, government funding. Um, so it's, it's how do you mash the two together so that you're, you're fulfilling the wishes and the need of the community and getting their respect and their trust, as well as the respect and the trust from those organisations that expect to see you in a certain way. And, um, and, and we've had to do things differently. Um, so we've had to take into account that culture. Um, for example, there's no such thing as a club structure in the UK. It just doesn't exist. The closest that you have in skateboarding is probably the independent skate shops because they're the sort of the hub of the community. That's where the, the skaters gravitate towards. Um, there's no such thing as coaching. Um, so uh, up until now, you skate in community and you, you it's peer-to-peer -peer mentoring, learning, instructing, coaching, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, and there's, there's never been a formal talent pathway. Um, yes, Talented skaters have been identified, but that's been done through the brands and through the shops. And, and it's been very, very led by social media um, and, and sort of the digital way of, of, of showcasing who you are and, and how you can skate. So they're just three things that we sort of saying, right, um, you know, looking at those three areas and then looking at UK Sports, Sport England, who expect you to say have membership. You know, what right have I got as, as somebody working for Skateboard GB, Skateboard England, to say to a skater that's skating down the street, give me £20, we're the governing body, you've got to become a member. You know, that just isn't um, something that's going to work. So we've got to look at 
and, and seriously look at things around membership because traditionally governing bodies use membership as a way of re generating revenue. Um, now, for us, that's not something that we can do. So we've got to start looking at, at, at ways of how do we generate revenue, um, but in such a way that actually we're, we're benefiting the community and the community actually want to get involved with us because they see the good work that we're doing. So we very much see um, our role as we're here to add value. Um, so skateboarding has been around in the UK way more than the governing body. So what right have we got to come in and say, right, guys, we're the governing body. You now do what we say. This is what you do, when you do, how you do it. We have no right to do that. What we can do is look at the industry, look at the community, look at the landscape and say, right, in which areas can we add value, can make things better? So how can we facilitate? How can we support? How can we lead? How can we really encourage um, so that the individual communities around the UK or around England um, can really develop and be sustainable and, and, and grow. With Tokyo in mind, how did you create a, a talent pathway? There's no coaching. How have you developed? Well, can I call it coaching? I don't know. What have you done? How has that worked for the last? Um, so again, an, an interesting journey because the Olympics is the first time that people have competed for their country. So there hasn't been the need for the coaching pathway or the talent pathway or some of the other structures. And um, we were awarded towards the end of 2018, a small amount of money from UK sport to, to get five skateboarders to enough events that if they were good enough, they'd qualify. And, and at the same time, take a team manager on. So that was the very first time that we'd got performance money, if you like. And, um, and we've, we've been on that journey and the guys have gone to events and, and we've managed to, um, you know, got Sky Brown and Bombette Martin that have qualified for the Olympics. And, um, but in, in, the, in the meantime, we've then started to go through a process of, of working with UK Sport to get some funding in for the next four years to build a programme that helps us to identify what talent means, what is talent in skateboarding, and how, how can you be as objective as with that as possible? Because if you're too subjective, then you, you tend to get into trouble. So how can we objectively um, say what talent is? How can we then objectively identify the talent and the right talent, and then give them individual support so that they can reach their potential? Well, you, you move us nicely on to uh, a lot of publicity for, well, particularly for Sky Brown. She's, if it had been last year, she'd have been competing. She'd have been the youngest competitor, GB competitor ever, right? Yeah. But uh, this year, she's just turned 13, going into Tokyo. Uh, she's getting a lot of PR. What are the strengths and weaknesses of that, James? She's a young person, obviously. Uh, what are the strengths and weaknesses um, of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think that, that looking through a sports lens is very different from looking through a skateboarding lens. Um, and even, even the, the reason that her and her family decided to, to skate for Skateboard GB and Team GB is, um, is probably a, a bit of a weird story um, because she could have competed for Japan or Britain. And, and we had the conversation with her and, and we were just really open and honest and basically said, look, we have very limited capacity. We have very, very limited resource. Um, yes, we can get you to events because that's we've received this funding for that. Um, but you're 10 because she was 10 at the time. And um, 
you know, as far as we're concerned, um, you skate, you have fun, do what you need to do, and we'll get you to events. And um, because we'd, you know, we'd, we'd seen that, and this is, you know, Darren and Lucy um, had seen that when she had a big smile on her face and when she was having fun, she was skating her best, you know, and, and why would we want to change that? You know, because um, it is about fun. And, um, and, and again, that comes into the talent pathway that we're trying to create. It's, it's going to be around having fun and skating with your mates. So our, our support sessions will probably look different because we're going to have elite guys in there, but also their mates, because skaters skate the best when they're having fun with their mates. Um, so, so I think that um, it is different. I, I guess I, I worry that somebody so young is under that intense pressure, um, but she's a very strong family, a very strong team around her. She's a great personality, really strong personality, and, um, and, and seems to be doing really well you know and, and coping with it really well they're, they're pretty grounded and um yeah you know sport sport you don't know what's going to happen um but, um but but she she seems to be having a, a huge amount of fun and um, i just love skating james it, it really is chalk and cheese compared to the longest established governing governed sport in in britain which is professional football or football as it has been for well over a hundred years, yeah. uh, as you said about serving this community. As you reflect on your own vocation uh, and and the variety of it now, as you look back, what role your Christian faith in this? You've been well known for many years uh, through working at the Football Association, certainly as a, as a Christian man. What role your faith in this? aspect of your life now in this transition um i mean i guess the analogy is similar to a to a skateboarder you know to a skateboarder skateboarding is part of them and they're part of skateboarding and and i think for me that's the same with my faith you know it's part of me it's it's who i am it, it defines me and um and i think that um you know when i go to work and, and sort of reflecting over the last sort of 30 years of working within sports um some uh, i heard a, a policeman talking a number of years ago and, and it and what he said really struck a chord with me and he basically said um every contact leaves a trace and, and he was talking about dna and he was talking about fingerprints and actually you know in a crime scene if you brush something then you leave a trace however light that contact is it leaves a trace and i think that that i've just been really conscious of that and i'm not perfect by any means um but certainly what i want to do is leave a good trace and a, and a trace of integrity and, and somebody that's, that's trustworthy and approachable. And, um, and, and for me, being a, in the position that I am, it's very, very privileged and it's a huge, huge honour. And, um, and I see myself as when I was with, within football and with skateboarding as a custodian, you know, so um, I want to spend the, the, the time that I've got here because it will be limited, you know, because nothing is, is forever. Um, and I want to absolutely do my best, work my hardest. And, and my wish is, is that skateboarding will be in a better place when I leave than it was when I, when I started. But um, and from a faith point of view, I think that integrity is so important. And, um, and I think that for me, integrity is around doing the right thing, not the popular thing always. And, and sometimes you try and default to the popular thing, um, whereas acting in integrity is, is you know, sticking to your principles um, doing the right thing for the sport as a whole 
And, um, and as you do that, treating people the same, treating them fairly, treating them how you want to be treated. You know, there's lots of things that, um, you know, I guess Jesus sort of talks about in the, in the New Testament that um, sort of naturally rub off on me in a, in a sense of, of um, how I deal with people and how I'd expect to be dealt with. So let me, let me just ask you one more thing then, James. Uh, people will be watching this uh, during the Olympics. Yeah. So um, lots will have happened potentially by the time uh, this is live. So here's a tester for you, really. Um, as the chief executive uh, of uh, Skateboard GB, uh, with skateboarding the heart of the Olympics in Team GB, what are you hoping for from Tokyo? What would you like to come out with in terms of building the future? Yeah, I think I think we're at a we're at a crucial time. So absolutely, it'd be fantastic if we could, um, you know, Sky or Bombay could get a medal. That would be an absolutely amazing. Um, but what I'm what I'm really hoping for is is that um, skateboarding comes out with a, a bit of credibility from a, a from a non skateboarding world. Um, so local authorities, town planners, other institutions, if you like, in the UK see skateboarding as is the troublesome kids on the street, um, whereas actually. You know, I think there's there's now a time where that credibility needs to come in and it almost needs to be legitimised. Yes, we don't want to change the culture, absolutely. Um, but but what we want to do is is work with local authorities, landowners and others to really embed skateboarding within within UK culture, you know, because it's not only an activity. Um, there's, it's fantastic for mental well-being and physical well-being. It's active travel, go from A to B. So there's, there's a huge sort of number of benefits. Um, of, of skateboarding you know it can't answer um, every problem in the world um, but we can certainly work with with organizations and statutory organizations to to really um, help them in in some of their aims and objectives so that credibility and that um, yeah credibility is, is a big thing and obviously investment following as well to help us do our job yes naturally otherwise you can't do it uh, James really interesting just really really interesting listening to the, the the need you have to be genuinely servant-hearted to serve the skateboard community it, it, i mean it really does demand sensitivity to an established way of being trying to turn it into something that has to compete at olympic level without losing its authenticity Really interesting listening to you. And we wish you, we really wish you all the best and look forward to seeing what the future holds. James Hofgill, thanks very much indeed. Thank you very much.